25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs along five. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the rest right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks in The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's do it. Why not? Another hour of radio? Sure. Already here. Got to do something. I'm here in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood drinking coffee after lunch, eating cough drops. That's a pretty good thermos you got. You drove three hours. It's been that thermos. six hours ago that you put coffee in there. It is incredible. Roger. And this thermos is several, several years old. It's Thermos brand. I bought it at Walmart. I wanted a small one instead of the big one, yeah. a little more travel size, because I stopped making a big, huge pot of coffee every morning. You started using the French press, which makes less coffee, but stronger. And so this is the perfect size. That thing's amazing. I've dropped it, kicked it. I hadn't run over it yet, but I'm sure I will at some point. Skin up a little bit on the bottom, but I'll put coffee in that thing in the morning at 4.35, a.m., 6.30 at night, pour it out, hot as all get out. Still hot. That thing needs to have your logo on it. Yeah, we know someone who could do that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. His name is Bearded Cup Man. That's right. Where you at, Bearded Cup Man? <laughs> Hadn't heard from him in a while. You know, I Probably know. busy as he's all busy. get out. Yeah. He's making cups. Yeah. I don't really need a cup, though, but if he'd make me a thermos, I'll pay good money for that. I'm all about a thermos. I don't know how the thermos knows whether to keep it hot or cold. <laughs> I have no idea how it knows. All right, back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you can deal with one-on-one. And we stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer-inspired. They can fix your phones. You know that? Roger's piddling with his phone over here. Hey, you need to take that. The little CPR? Come on. That thing needs... Some repair done wait a minute, wait a minute. at C Spire. Oh, there's his new one. Oh, yes. yes. All right. So y'all listen to this. Roger's got two phones, and I just saw the old one. The old one definitely needs a trip to C Spire to get fixed up. Yeah, I learned my lesson on the old one. But the new one, he just picked up his new iPhone 10. 45-foot drop test on that cover. Okay. Yeah. Let's go outside and do it. And it's got the glass on top of it, so I just peeled the broken part on for the... Uh-huh. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. You did the drop test? No, no, the company did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a, a lady was in here with a similar one. She actually had run over her mm. phone, and it didn't even break the screen. Ran over it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. A smart car or something. I just think we ought to go try it. <laughs> I look, they're a sponsor. They'll give us a new phone if we bust it. I think we could put this cover on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. I don't have time to go without a phone. I don't think I do anyway. But, yeah, Roger picked up his new phone and displayed it to me like Vanna White over here. Man, he did the little hand 
you know, caress underneath. I think that phone cost more than my first car, which was a 1978 Plymouth Volare. Plymouth Volare. Volare. Yeah. So here's Corinthian leather seats. <laughs> Whoa. Apparently Corinthians were made out of plastic. <laughs> you know how you uh, double the price of a Volare? Fill it up with gas. <laughs> but boom. There you go. Works, <laughs> works on a Yugo, too. Mm-hmm. That was the Yugo joke. Was it? Whatever happened to the Yugo? They who, went. Who made that? That was a, wasn't that a Yugoslavian product? <laughs> I think, I mean. Well, it should have been. Yeah, I think that's how the name came about. Yeah, but how perfect was you go? Now, you know, the story uh, that didn't work so well was when Chevrolet released the Nova mm-hmm. in Latin America. Nobody would buy it. Because it means no go? Yeah. <laughs> it won't go. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> oh, that's great. The Chevy Nova. Great look. I wish. Roger, I'm telling you, I think the classic car stuff is so cool. It is so cool. Now, I'm not like this. I don't read classic car magazines unless there's a pretty girl propped up on the hood, you know, but I, I don't, I'm not into it like that. I can't walk out here and look at one and quote it for you. I just think it's so cool to see these cars from the 50s and 60s and 70s. People yeah. fix them up and original paint color and interior and all this stuff. I just think it's the neatest thing. And I wish that I knew cars for that purpose so I could get one and fix it up. Well, I've got one for you. I'm selling a 68 Mustang. Come and get it. You hear that, folks? <laughs> there are advantages to working in radio. If Roger needs to sell something, he's got a platform to do it. Thank you for that little free plug there, Matt. Kind of Hit up me, Roger. me up real good. Just come on up here to the front <laughs> <laughs> and take a flyer. Hey, wait a minute. All right, here we go. We're in full ADD mode. So y'all just shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Yeah, Listen to this. Uh, I took this picture in the break room before the show, just right over there. Uh oh. <laughs> now I've blurred out the information and the phone number at the bottom, Roger. But I'm going to tweet it out in a minute. Look at what this said. Only credit repair, eighty nine dollars. And then, <laughs> I don't know. I know who that is. <laughs> and then there's some numbers down at the bottom. Now let me just say for a second here. Time out. First of all. I could use some credit repair, yet I don't believe you can do it for $89. Well, they do it on credit. (laughs) We take credit card? We do this on a layaway plan. What I'm saying is, I think, my theory, I'm not trying to put somebody out of business here. My theory is that if you're the type of person who is in a situation and you need some credit repair. And you believe that somebody, you can call somebody and they can do it for $89. <laughs> I believe we're in a catch-22 here. I believe we have cause and effect in a vicious circle that that you can't get out of. You say maybe that $89 is a let's get acquainted offer. And Here's an idea. It might go up a little bit. Here's an idea. You need some credit repair? Take that $89 and bury it in the yard. And the next time you get $89, go bury that too. You're better off. Or go put it on your credit card, whatever. Pay off your card. <laughs> than taking a flyer from the break room. We were talking about that during the break. It's good information. If you 
use a credit card and you don't pay it off, the average person can spend over 150 grand over the yeah. lifetime on interest. <laughs> That's right. It just there's okay, a you reason. Could have bought another house. It's if you exactly. If you wouldn't use credit cards. That's exactly right. All right. But we have gotten off the Yeah, so what? This is look man, it's a free it's, it's a gridiron show. Yeah, free for all Tuesday. I guess. Look, it's been a long few days. I hadn't slept a whole lot. And I drove a lot today. That's my excuse. Y'all get off my back. <laughs> look at here. Uh, Jonathan says the quote of the day is, I don't read classic car articles unless there's a pretty girl propped up on the hood. I'll take it. I did say it, but, you know, it's just, it was meant, sort of. Do they even make those anymore? Uh, the, cal- the calendars? That's what I, when is you that said that, I immediately thought of the calendars you'd see in the old full-service stations when yeah. you go in there. Uh, Fluffy I always wondered how they got so greasy up there on the wall. But. All right, so Fluffy says, stay tuned to your Twitter, Matt. I'll send you pictures of the car I fixed up as a daily driver. The saddest moment was when this, when I sold it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. I think, no, that's somebody else. That's somebody else. Hey, look at there. Roger's getting a call from Kingston, Jamaica. Answer it. Let's put him on the air. I wish I could connect this thing in. Well, we could hold it up to the. Well, who knows what they'll say? Yeah, it's true. Who knows? He's getting. Apparently, Roger is a long lost descendant of a past uh, king or queen. And Jamaica, now, right. All he's got to do is answer this call and he claim his inheritance. Right. Um,. Yeah. We we um somebody said to pay attention to my Twitter feed. Let's see there. I have it. No, I'm going to go back over to Andrew's tweet here. It says, "Matt, isn't it true that the NFL will pay for a known commodity consistency on and off the field rather than take a chance in the unknown quarterback, draft, free agency, trade, all that." Yeah. And then he he says also investing in a running back is risky due to the average of the career. Yeah. Um, look, there's a lot to that. Again, what amount of money is on the contract between the Cowboys and Dak Prescott ultimately? Number one, who cares? Why do you care? Why do I care? Why does anybody care? Number two, it almost doesn't matter. What matters is what they guarantee them anyway. You know, he's that I'm not very smart, Forrest Gump, but I do know what really matters is what they guarantee you. All the other numbers in there don't matter. Beyond the guaranteed amount, they can fire you next year. They're just going to pay you the guaranteed amount. So tell me what that is. It's like the temperature that we started the show with. <laughs> right. It's 94 degrees, but it feels like 115. Well, I got news for you. It feels like 115 degrees. It is 115 degrees. How could it feel like 115 but be 94? That makes no sense. Whatsoever. So, we don't go tell me. And yeah, heat index. Huh? Don't tell me the contract is 150 million over the next five years, 30 million a year. Dot dot dot. But 50 million is guaranteed. Well, then it's a 50 million dollar contract because you may not even have to pay the rest of it. That seems a little bit of it is a little ornamentation for the player to be able to brag. So you know they. Sure. So they yeah. want to put the big number out. Yeah, put the big number out. Yeah. And I don't care one bit about that either. I'm living my life, man. Put it out there all you want to. Matt Stafford got blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I don't know Matt Stafford. And guess what? He plays for the Lions. Gonna lose. 
Yeah, why is it the that the losing teams always seem to pay the money? Well, mm, yeah. Maybe because and Tom Brady is probably one of the lower paid quarterbacks. Well, and he is. Yeah. He is. Um, and one of the best. On that note, there was, uh, we should probably bring this up right about now. Not Tom Brady, <laughs> <laughs> but something close to Tom Brady just won another championship. Here's what I mean by that. A quarterback by the name of Tom Grady <laughs> won the Arena Bowl MVP, and the Internet is going to need to see some ID. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Albany Empire defeated the Philadelphia Soul, owned by the guy who's in, in um, Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi. Really? Owns the Philadelphia Soul. Well, how about that? Did you know that? I did not. I did not know that. With a shot through the heart, <laughs> the Albany Empire are to blame for the Philadelphia Soul's second place finish. That's all I got, folks. Anyway, the MVP of the game is named Tom Grady. Tom Grady, not Tom Brady. <laughs> and thus, Tom the Grady. only reason you heard about this particular <laughs> event. I had a buddy of mine actually sent me a text and said, if you're watching the Arena Bowl, we are no longer friends. <laughs> We're not friends if you're watching that. <laughs> he hey, just wanted to say that for the record. You got a great classic uh, car picture on your text line. Do I? You got to check On it the out. text line? Check it out. All right. From I, knew, I had a friend who had a model, not this particular version, but he had one of these. From Bigglesworth. <laughs> That's fantastic. Does this beauty qualify as classic? The 1972 AMC Gremlin Voyager. The concept car. Apparently the, concept the, car. <laughs> the back slides out to make a bed. <laughs> All right. I am going to do my best. Pictures are hard to get over on the radio, but let me just tell you, okay? First of all, if the car is named Gremlin. Everybody remember, those may have been just before your time. Well, it's the 72. Yeah, these were very, these were all over the place now for a while. Okay, so Roger and all his friends know exactly what a Gremlin looks like. Oh, they're ugly, man. They are some kind of ugly. I mean, just look, the original paint job on this thing was brown and baby green. Okay? That's the two colors. When you think of the Grinch, think of that color green. That the 70s, though, that was a terrific and, combination right there. Seafoam green and brown metallic. Seafoam green. The only two places that you will see those two colors together in 2019 is in a bathroom. Green on the wall. And that color brown elsewhere. And those were also two of the most popular colors for refrigerators and appliances in the seventies. <laughs> then they then you had the mustard the mustard yellow. That was the other one. <laughs> Harkening back to the seventies. Mustard 70s. yellow. Oh gosh. The pinto. The mustard yellow pinto. <laughs> Listen, this is a green and brown AMC. Harvest Gold, I'm sorry. I just remembered yeah, the marketing people. Yeah. And mustard. And that's the reason we call it that is because that's what color it is. Okay, <laughs> feels like, and this, feels like mustard. This Gremlin Voyager concept, the back hatch, the glass flipped up, but the tailgate didn't flip out. 
It's it slid out. Looks like a pregnant pinto. One of her textures says, "Pregnant pinto." Oh man, the seventies. They got so much wrong in the seventies. That's terrible. Look at that bumper on that thing, though. They don't make bumpers like that on cars anymore. Yeah. Look at the wheels. Had racing wheels on it, Roger. Look at that. Some old redneck have a good time in that thing right there. I'm going to take a picture. Well, I'm going to get that picture and tweet it out on my Twitter feed here during the break so you get to see it. The 1972 AMC Gremlin Voyager. How about that? Your first car was what? A 1978 Volari. Um, The first car I ever drove was Harvest a, Gold. a 1985 <laughs> Chevrolet Celebrity. Oh, nice. Four-door. Family. It was, just, it was a family car. They let me drive to school. When I got my license or whatever, my buddy at school had a uh, an eighty five, no, an, an eighty three Chrysler New Yorker. Mm. So uh, when we went anywhere, I rode with him. There you go. My second car. I had a bunch of different cars. My dad could own a small island right now, had it not been for always trading vehicles, getting out from under one. Here, air quotes. Yeah. I got to get out from under that, <laughs> and and so. Uh, yeah, I drove a bunch of different cars. And the 85 Blue Celebrity. The next one I got, though, the next year of high school was a rusted Pontiac 6000. Mm. It might have been two-door. Don't I remember. remember those. Remember those? Ugly. Well, they just weren't a this lot, too. They, they seemed to, like the, they'd rust out in yeah, a minute. they oxidize, yeah. rust. Yeah. And, um, Undercoating wasn't too That's bad. the car that. One day they let us out of practice early on a preseason Friday, and we were not going to practice again until Monday. I couldn't wait to get out of there so quick, so I didn't even get undressed at practice. I just threw my stuff in the trunk, my pads and helmet and everything, threw it in the trunk, took off. So what? So what, what were you wearing exactly? Well, you know, full pads. Okay, I'm wearing full pads. I'm but wearing. This, but you took your shoulder pads off. Yeah. Well, so I have. I'm trying to get a mental picture. Okay, yeah. so I'm wearing full pads. Uh, football practice, which okay. means you know the the pants with the legs, and the, hip pads, thigh yeah, pads, yeah. knee pads. Underneath that, a pair of the tight shorts, yeah, the compression stuff, compression yeah. stuff. And up top, nothing, no shirt, no nothing, just shoulder pads and a jersey and helmet. And so I just go straight to the car, and I take everything off except those compression shorts that I'm wearing up on, and throw it all in the trunk. Oh, I see. So and I'm just going to take it. I'll wash it at home. I let it air out at home. I forgot about it. This August. That was Friday, leaving. So Saturday night, I pick up my girlfriend. We're going to go out to eat. She gets in the car and goes, what's that smell? <laughs> I said, what got, smell? Got the B.O. You're, this car smells off. Something's in. We look around. We're looking under the seat, see if I left a sandwich in there or something, you know. And then it hit me. Oh, I know what it is. Check this out. And so we pop the trunk. You know, you pop the trunk, and there's your helmet, your shoulder pads, and it's nice and it's cooked, nice and salty. You got to wear all that <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> Man, I parked that car for a month with the trunk open. It never aired out, and we eventually traded it away. Had to get out from under that one. We had to get out from under that one. And I got another, um, during my college years, I got another one, a Pontiac 6000 that was souped up. The, like the LTE version or whatever, Roger, that had the digital dashboard mm. and speedometer. And instead of a needle pointing to 120, 
<laughs> I could see if I could get it to say 120. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I thought that car was pretty cool. Yeah. Saw one of those in a movie, and apparently the whoever produced the movie didn't have a good experience with their Dodge 6000 because they had it, the Dodge 6000 SUX. Well, <laughs> the SUX version? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Fluffy has tweeted the picture of his vehicle. Uh, check it out on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. He said, my 1977 Mercury Bobcat, not the Pinto, about five miles down that coast was Pebble Beach. Guys in classic vets would stop me to check it out. Look at that car. 77 Mercury Bobcat. It's black with an orange and yellow stripe down the side. Like something you'd see on the intro to the Electric Company or 321 Contact on MPB. Was this like Mercury's version of a Pinto? It had to be. Look, the wheels are red. sharp. Look at that. Anyway, you want to check that car out. It's right there for you. When we come back in a minute, hear this. I got paper. (laughs) I have in my hand a list of college football's 15 most valuable programs. Ever, 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 ever. And uh, number one and number two are not who you think they are. In fact, there's one team that's not even on the list of the 15 most valuable college football programs. Uh, I'll give you what that list is. And a few other things I want you to know about as well. Uh, The first college football game that's going to happen that you're going to be interested in, most likely, is not uh, in two weeks. It's in one week, effectively. The 24th. How many? uh, So 11 days. And that'll be Florida versus Miami. And a very unfamiliar name is going to start at quarterback in that game. I'll tell you who it is if you stick around here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Fluffy says that he sold that car on eBay to a guy about five hours up north. And when he showed up, his wife turned out to be someone that he had gone that Fluffy had gone to basic training with fifteen years before. His wife was. Holy cow, how about that? Just out of the blue, the person that bought your car on eBay. Pretty incredible. Back on the show. Connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Here's the list. 15 most valuable football programs. The Wall Street Journal says that number 15 is Nebraska, valued at $471 million. Now They're saying this is how much your favorite college team would be worth on the open market. On the open market. Yeah, not like revenue per year or whatever. This okay. is kind of an accumulated value. If you went and sold it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin, $474 million. Think about it. Penn State, $518 million. Texas A&M, $540 million. Uh, I don't know if we have actual paper here. Ele- uh, number 11, Florida, $634 million. Next. <laughs> Tennessee, $727 million. Next. Nine, LSU. 852 million. Auburn, number eight, 
at $871 million. Number seven, Oklahoma, $885 million. Number six, Georgia, $891 million. Number five, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, wow. we say Notre Dame, but then if you say it slowly, you must say Notre Dame. $913 million for Notre Dame. Man. Number four, Michigan. Nine hundred and twenty-four million. Here's a surprise. The top three are valued at over a billion dollars. Number three. Each. 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 Number three. Alabama. Here's what it says right here about this. Seven of college football's Top 12 most valuable football programs are from the SEC, topped by Alabama at uh, over a billion dollars. That figure includes $140 million in revenue, second only to the number one team in this list. Now, if you were to parse this whole thing out, look at this. You were to parse this whole thing out. I'm glad to see states in there. Well, you'd have Ole Miss would be number 22 on the list at 341 million. State would be number 35 on the on the list at 223 million. So, according to the Wall Street Journal, valued if they were to take it to the market, Ole Miss is still um, 120. Well, about a little less than 120 million dollars more, worth more than State is right now, according to this. Vanderbilt, they may be smart, but their football team isn't worth a whole lot. No, it's not. They don't have a following or much of one. But number two and number one are not from the SEC. Number two is Ohio State, and number one is Texas. How about that? So the Wall Street Journal is saying that Texas, worth the most as a football program, makes you wonder, What's their excuse? <laughs> but I think they're coming Can't back. Can't buy a championship. Yeah, I think I think they're coming back. I do. Yeah, I think I, a lot I, of these teams that have kind of had waning fortunes may come roaring back. Yeah, that's right. When Texas has won, I can't remember a time in history, in my lifetime anyway, where Ohio State dipped off the – face of the earth for a little while. They never did that. They've just always been relevant year after year after year. And, um, you know, Alabama, I mean, if you look at Alabama, probably why they're number three on the list right now is we forget Saban took the job in 2007. So we're going on 12 years ago. That's not that long, really. And they had some rough years. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, oh four, oh five, oh six. They were, I mean, good and average. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, our boss has a joke. He talks about you know Bear Bryant would always talk team down. He says, "Yeah, hey boys are small. They sure are slow. <laughs> they're slow, but they're small, but they're slow." <laughs> I've heard several others repeat that. Yeah, uh, over the years. Hey, I mentioned this. So, how many days do we have? Florida. And Miami are playing on the 24th. So that'll be one week from this coming Saturday. Is that right? 
Do I have that right? Looks Roger, I cannot do the calendar thing. Yeah, it's like seven days from tomorrow. No. It'll be the 24th. Wait a minute. No, I'm yeah, but it wouldn't be seven days from tomorrow. No, no. Somebody's laughing at us right now. Yeah, all right, so it's one week from this Saturday. Yeah, you read it right. This Saturday is the 17th, and then the following Saturday is the 24th. So we essentially have 11 days from right now when Florida will play Miami. Gosh, that'll be here quick. <laughs> That's the only SEC team playing that first, like, early, early weekend. Everybody else is 18 days from right now. And we got NFL will be coming up. Yeah. And they're the, already getting there. Well, they're doing the preseason yeah. games right now. See, the NFL regular season, I think, will kick off after the college season does. Yeah. Anyway, the first one that everybody's really going to want to watch is Florida-Miami, 11 days from today. And Miami named redshirt freshman quarterback Jaron Williams as the starter. Thing is, we're talking about Ohio State. This kid named Tate Martell, who was the number one recruit in the country, the number one overall quarterback, big-time get for Ohio State. And they got him. And things didn't go too well at Ohio State. So Tate Martell transferred away. And then what happened? He transferred away from Ohio State, and everybody in the country wanted him. Come here, come here, come here. And he chose Miami. And every Miami fan on God's green earth has spent months <laughs> talking about what's it going to be like having Tate Martell be our quarterback. The former number one recruit, Ohio State Buckeye. We got him in the transfer portal. It's going to be great to see Tate Martell taking snaps for the University of Miami. With Tate Martell, we just might have a chance against the Florida Gators. The number one quarterback. Oh, Tate Martell. <laughs> Can't believe we got Tate. And this and the man just got beat out in the quarterback competition. Manny Diaz, first year head coach at Miami, who convinced Tate Martell to transfer there, has just named a red shirt freshman who nobody ever heard of. You couldn't find a Miami message board who knew who this kid was three months ago. And now he is Miami's starting quarterback for the season opener against Florida in two weeks. He beat out Ohio State transfer Tate Martell. And there's another kid there who was sort of the incumbent already, uh, Nicosi Perry, who played a bunch of football for Miami. Nobody even talking about this kid. He's now the starting quarterback at Miami, not Tate Martell. And now already articles. Tate Martell, five transfer options after losing Miami's QB battle. He didn't show up to practice. Roger, they named the other kid the starter, and Tate Martell did not come to practice. Sounds like he had some lies told to him. Uh, he, it's, it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> It's everybody else's fault, I guarantee you, according to some people. Well, he wouldn't promise the job. But take that. Learn from this, people. All you people who say that every time a quarterback transfers in, it's because they've already promised him the starting job. That is the dumbest thing. Any coach who does that is dumb. Because this is what will happen. You must earn it 
and practice. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Hey, and let me say on this Tate Martell thing, too. Don't know him. I really, really try, want to be uh, avoiding just unwanted criticism. I, I'm, that's not what I'm doing. I, I'm not involved with Miami's quarterback competition. I don't know the details. I don't know what he's told, none of that stuff. I don't mind. I'll, I'll... Yeah, you know, and that's fine. <laughs> People can choose their own. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not criticizing anything. I'm just saying it, it, it's a, it sheds a little light on how out of balance fan perception is sometimes of football programs and how they're being run versus the reality of how they are actually being run. Yeah. I brought this up before. I put a video on my Facebook page. It's got like, it's approaching 10,000 views. Um, and it's quarterback competition at Mississippi State right now. That's the theme of the video yeah. is Keaton Thompson versus Tommy Stevens. And I said in there, you know, that if you win the job at a competition, congrats. Now, go play well or they're going to give somebody else a chance. If you didn't win the job, congrats on getting an early start, learning how to deal with disappointment yeah. because you're going to have a lot of that. And, oh, by the way, better be ready to play. Because you're one hand in the car door, trip down the stairs from running the show. Okay. Yeah. And, but people jumped in the comment section on that Facebook video, and here we go. Some know it all who's never gone to a competitive practice before says, Do you really believe that there's a competition? They don't go out and bring in a transfer quarterback just to come in there and compete. They've probably, it's a done deal. There is no competition. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. I didn't say Panda Pants. I said Mr. Smarty Pants. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, since you know it all, how could it be that you are so confident, know it all, and you're dead wrong? How's that possible? Because it's the same as recruiting. The transfer portal is no different than recruiting. You know what they're doing? They are signing someone that they hope is better than who they already have. Now they, I bet the conversation might go like, Hey man, I tell you, you know, compete for the job. I think you've got a really good shot at getting it. You know, I really think you could get can do this. But it but, could be but this, just short of promising. That's it, Roger. And it could also that's exactly and right. They mean every word they're saying. Too. It could be yeah. talking to a kid and his parents, going, "Hey, look, I'm the coach, and based on what I've seen, if you come in and are yourself, you're going to win the job. You're better than who we have. <laughs> it could be that confident." But guess what? It still is contingent upon going into fall practice and doing it. You That quarterback, who is the starter, must have proved to his teammates that he's the starter, or the team won't accept it. And see, that's why these talking heads on TV, radio, and comment sections on social media don't understand it, because they've never been on a team. They don't understand it, that you can't lie to the team. When Nick Saban walked out there and named Tua Tonga Valoa the starting quarterback at Alabama, 
Oh, hallelujah. Saban has named the starting quarterback. Well, you know who already knew? The whole team already knew because they're at practice every day and they know which quarterback is better. You can't hide it from the teammates. They already know. And, he's and as a taking coach, his cues from the leadership qualities. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. He didn't have to tell his team who the starting quarterback is. They know. Now, in some cases, the quarterback, the competition can be tight enough that it could be either guy. When Tommy Stevens was at Penn State, the Penn State people said, had they named Tommy Stevens the starter at that time instead of Trace McSorley, it wouldn't have been a huge shock because they were pretty close in practice. Well, sure, those things happen. But the idea that a coach wouldn't play somebody because they're better, instead he will only play someone who transferred in, is absolute bull crap. Yeah, the coach is trying to get another contract too. Absolutely. He doesn't care who or where you came from. If you're the best, you're going to play. Yeah. They bring you in because they're confident you're going to be the best. Miami brought in Tate Martell because they were confident he was going to be the best. Guess what? Apparently, he ain't the best. Well, you know, you don't want to jump on people, but, you know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And he committed to multiple programs when he was in high school and you know yeah. committed decommitted committed de- sounds like he just wanted to go on a whirlwind tour of the united states right and then he's done the same thing and now he may go somewhere else. yeah uh todd is on the divinity equipment phone line divinity equipment in madison and in jackson what's up todd Oh, not much. Uh, have you ever seen any film on this kid, Martell? I just pulled up the, his highlights from 2018 at Ohio State, and I'm watching it. He's pretty good. He looks pretty good to me. Okay. What do you think? Well, well, I, I hadn't seen the highlight reel of 18 at Ohio State. Yeah. What I'm going on is the Netflix QB1 special where he was on. Uh, yeah. And I wish I had seen that. I didn't see it. They say he could really you make can always go scramble. back to Netflix and watch it. Yeah. Uh, what what kind of player did you think he was when you watched it? Uh, not very good. Okay. All right. What would you think about his character? Could you get any reads on that? Well, a little bit, but what was really shocking I'm just watching this show now, mm-hmm. and I see this girl in, like, the first show. I'm kind of wondering, oh, that's his girlfriend, and it turns out to be his sister. So she's so, supporting him. Well, they were very lovey-dovey. And oh, that's weird. Close. <laughs> and all Elvis and his mom did. <laughs> I kind of thought it was just that's the way the Vegas people are, oh, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's from Las I don't Vegas. Wanna, I'll tell you, I'm watching. I'm watching some highlights here, um, Todd. He played a bunch in a, in some blowouts for Ohio State. Here's a here's a game. I'm watching a bunch of plays he ran in a blowout over Rutgers. Um, Rutgers. Yeah, I mean it's it's fourth quarter. It's like forty five to three. Um, yeah, their strength of schedule. That's another whole show. You know, but what I yeah. what I see just watching him. I mean, mechanically, he's good. He's got the right size. I mean, you can tell that he can definitely throw the ball. I mean, there's no question he can throw it. Um, so, operating an offense, I, don't, I mean, I don't. He could definitely do it. You know, it's just I don't. He doesn't like Cam Newton to me. 
I remember the first time right. I watched Cam Newton play college football, I went, man, this guy, this guy's out of place. Like, he's better than everybody out here. But I, he doesn't look that to me. But, I mean, he looks like a capable college quarterback to me. Well, didn't he go to, like, the Elite 11 deal? Uh, I don't know. You're talking, about, you're talking about Martell? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did because they had him ranked as, like, the number one quarterback thing. Uh, recruit or whatever coming out of that stuff. Um, you know, I will tell you this, Todd. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't expect others to have the same opinion. I, I'm just saying my opinion on that stuff. You know, Elite Eleven. Uh, you know, and Trent Dilfer and this Nike Showcase, and and even to a degree like the Manning Passing Academy. Information will come out of there about who throws it better and all that. None of that stuff means anything. That's all underwear Olympics. None of it means anything. You should have seen me in college. I could impress NFL people all day long, running around in shorts, throwing the ball. And then all of a sudden we go 11-11 with big people chasing me in pads, and things changed a little bit. You know what I mean? It got a little different. Oh, then. yeah. So you got to be careful how much weight you put on you know, recruiting stuff, 11-11 stuff, passing drills and you know, mechanics and all this kind of stuff. Bernie Kosar was a heck of an NFL quarterback, and mechanically he was awful, but it didn't matter. Because he just got the ball there in time, so you just have to kind of keep some of that stuff in mind. Well, to uh, piggyback on that, here's a quick story. There was this kid that a uh, real good soccer player, real fast, and at the time, Earl's coach was Larry Weems, and I caught him up there and I asked him about that kid. And I said, "Well, can't you get him out there on the football field?" He said, "Oh, I did." He said, "He learned quick." Once he got that big pin in his hand, it was an attention getter. He didn't want that attention. Mm-hmm. So he didn't last very long in the practice field. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so I'm not, I'm, I'm just watching him. You know, there's no doubt that, you know, physically he could do it, but there's obviously something holding him back. And it's unusual. Look, I, you're talking about an unusual off the wall situation for someone to commit to as many and now suit up for as many college teams as this kid has and they got they they've got to rein that in if they want him to have a career. Todd, I appreciate your phone call, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Sound like Todd was pumping gas, didn't it? <laughs> There's something checking he's out. Something. Punching in his pen there or something like. <laughs> this must be the picture he's talking about with his sister. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's fine. I I think um I don't know. I mean, you go to Ohio State after committing to a bunch of different schools. You know, some big national brand. You're from the West Coast. You go to Ohio State. You warn off another quarterback who's transferring in, tell him not to come. And then go to Miami because you thought the door was wide open and go down there and get beat out for the job. And then don't show up to practice the day they name the other guy. I mean, again, I don't know him. But from a distance, it looks like a me, 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 me guy. And I'm just telling you, it won't last. Me guys don't last very long in big football, in big-time football. Your team and that locker room won't allow it. Not a QB anyway. That's right. Maybe a receiver. You, that's exactly right. You cannot be a quarterback and be a me guy. Not a good one. You can't anyway. be a leader. Yeah. All right. Good show. We'll wrap it up and see you all tomorrow. In the Farm Bureau studio, see ya.